Welcome to show 93 of the Cloth Diaper Podcast. Today's episode is with Deja, the owner of Shine Diapers. But before we get started, I want to warn you, today's episode is long. I usually try to keep these to about 20, 30, 35 minutes, but Deja was amazing. And sometimes I try to split it, but I have a lot of great content coming to you in 2022. We can't risk splitting the show. Welcome back to the Cloth Diaper Podcast, a somewhat regular show dedicated to sharing stories of cloth diapering from parents, brands, and retailers around the world. My name is Bailey, and I am not nearly as famous as today's guest. I want to keep this intro short because this is a long episode. Uh, And this episode also, I almost forgot to record, and I had to dig into the archives to find the recording because it got lost. So the recording might not be as clean edited, but Deja's story is beautiful. She is wonderful. And wow, what an honor to sit down with this remarkable woman and her journey from free diapers to making her own diapers to buying diapers and just that entire story. I shouldn't spoil it. Let's go listen. Today's podcast is brought to you by my Black Friday sponsors. Thank you to The Blythe Life, Little Fanny Pants, and Bungie's Diapers for their ongoing support of the Cloth Diaper Podcast. It's through their sponsorship and ad purchases that we can continue to run the podcast and I can make the time to do these recordings. So thank you so much for your continued sponsorship and I look forward to working with new brands this Earth Day 2022. And Deja, you have been in the industry for a good time. You've had some ups and downs and Mm -hmm. you're really on a good up right now. Talk to me about, I think, we should start with your story about why cloth diapering was a great choice for you and how you discovered cloth diapering. I think that's a great story that I've kind of picked up parts of. So we should start there. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited to talk to you. Um, yeah, my son, um, I had him when I was 19. So I was a young mom and, um, I really had my village like around me with a lot of support so I received a ton of disposable diapers at my baby shower and um, I used them I didn't have to buy a single diaper until my son eight months old (laughs) and so that was really really nice because you know when you're younger and I was in school um the budget is always tight um I also Mm -hmm. was on section eight at the time and um cow works and food stamps so money for um me at the time was something that was limited as a resource um and so I was grateful because I had all these disposable diapers until they ran out. What an incredible blessing, though, that your community came together for eight months of diapers. Oh, yeah. That is amazing. But probably, hey, a little bit of a shock when they ran out. 
when they ran out it was just like oh i have time to like start stocking up i have time to start stocking up and then the time is gone and um i just so happened to get a sample in the mail um this was in 2010 so pampers dry max was the new technology and that was the sample that i received in the mail um and it was just like this new and improved super dry blah 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 and i was just like woo yeah let me try it and my son got a chemical burn oh no yes and it wasn't a major one it was minor but it was enough for me to say there's something not right about this situation and um i was always think that was pretty common actually now that you're saying 2010 remember there being a lot of complaints when i kind of first came onto the industry as well yeah and i just was like uh okay um there has to be another solution so i was considered the hippie quote unquote of my family I breastfed and was very adamant about breastfeeding. And so I was like, there has to be a solution. I remember asking in a mom group what the solution could be. And somebody brought up cloth diapers and I was just like, okay, I'll try one. And so my one was the G diaper, which I call the (laughs) gateway cloth diaper (laughs) because it seems like a lot of people started with the G diaper in that time era. Oh yeah, especially 2010. Yeah, G diaper. Cause I mean, they're not, they're not selling their diaper, their cloth line anymore, Um, but they were very big in 2010. Yeah, and so I tried one, I got it from Baby's RS. I had a coupon and that is why it was the selection. I didn't know about the online market yet, um, but I tried it. I tried one with um, the little um, inserts that they had. And then I saw that those weren't too good. So I wrapped them in burp cloths because that's what I was nice to do. (laughs) And I was like, okay, I think that I could do this. And I like dove into the cloth diapering world and the rest is history (laughs) (laughs) the rest is history um i mean a g diaper story could have gone either way because sometimes people will try a g diaper and be like oh my gosh this is not for me i'm never gonna even look at options let's not go forward um but cloth diapering for you was really an important way to with the budget and reducing costs and all of kind of that did you have and you had no friends, hey, that cloth diapered? Um, no, I had none. I mean, 2010 in the Black community, probably. So you decided to one day start a brand. Where did mm-hmm. that, when did that happen? How did that happen? Is that uh, just a natural progression of being like, hold on, I could do this better? It more or less was me getting into the work at home mom, like, diaper industry um and so you know naturally I went straight for um the alpha baby type of diapers that was the first um stash that I bought and Mm -hmm. at the time sun baby diapers and new buns I think were the brand that and you've um, thrown out so many old school names old school (laughs) (laughs) and um they were all pocket diapers and I fell in love and then of course I saw my first work at home mom diaper and I was just like 
whoa, <laughs> what is this magical world of customization? Because that was huge. It was like, I can get anything on a diaper. Like that was like my reaction. And um, Shellery was like the big brand on the block. And so, um, and Ragababe. And so um, I got a few of those used um, and through their second sales. And once I saw um, the diapers at home in my hands, I was kind of, I kind of demystified the whole process because I'm like, oh, there's people who make these. And so um, I went and I took a search and you know when you cloth diaper and you get on a cloth diaper tangent like research tangent you could be up till three in the morning looking at things and I remember being feverish for like where are the black work at home moms yeah in 20 in the year what what are we talking like 2012 uh yeah like early 2011 so this Girl. is uh, did the did they exist? I one there was one. Her name was Nova. She doesn't make diapers anymore, which I'm sad about. But I have no idea where she is. But her um diaper line was called Gorilla Fluff, and she Gorilla was Fluff. for her fitted cloth diapers and her rainbow covers. Um, that's what she was known for. She was really really popular in the hyena cart days. Oh. <laughs> Like people are going to be listening to this podcast. And if you weren't around, like I, I came in around 2015. So some of these names were still kind of popular, but like, if you've just entered the cloth diaper scene, Deisha's just thrown out some like some <laughs> original founding day conversations. Hyena cart. I mean, I saw hyena cart is still kind of alive. So mm-hmm. uh, it seems to be re resurrecting i don't know what's I, going. I mean yeah because etsy can just be kind of a frustrating platform but owning your own website is like expensive when you're doing e-commerce and so it's like oh, yeah. finding alternatives can be really hard so you got gorilla fluff kind of a little inspired there by nova and you decided did you have any sewing skills deja um very basic i can sew in a straight line and i used to make barbie clothes out of paper towels you got it girl oh girl (laughs) you got it so um very minimal um and so i hit youtube university and Uh I looked for everything I could find about sewing cloth diapers and I watched it incessantly. You and everybody else, Heather from Lily and Frank said the exact same thing. It was, that's what, that's how people are learning. Guys, if you're thinking about starting your own brand, nobody's going to like a school. They are literally just hitting up YouTube. Right. Yeah. And unfortunately, you know, when you, when you, when you go down this path, if anybody is listening and you're like, I want to be a work at home mom, but it doesn't seem like people are very forthcoming with the information. They typically aren't. (laughs) Uh, And that's one of the unfortunate parts about the work at home mom world. And something that I experienced was there were so many roadblocks and gateways and, um, like levels of like clicks that you had to get through to like get this information and now it's more readily available now of course it's 2021 (laughs) but it is one of those things where you're going to have to just search and search and search and blogs and youtube are your best best friend there's so much information out there i mean you talked about a rabbit hole until 3 a.m and i have been in my own this week on different topics 
because the <laughs> internet is incredibly vast. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. And so that's basically what I did. And I waited until Black Friday and um, I bought my first um, sewing machine from Walmart. It cost me $72. And I asked my mom and anybody could ask for old pillowcases and sheets and anything I could practice on and I practice and I practice and I practice and I practice some more until I made something that looked remotely similar to a diaper. And that <laughs> I mean, I took a few sewing classes in school and my mom is a pretty decent sewer. And I can remember being like, oh, yeah, I can do this. No, no I could not. That first diaper that I sewed that I was like, hmm. You know what? My husband, we we can do this. We can just buy those papers. <laughs> so it's it's not easy. <laughs> it's step intensive. And I think that that is the part that anybody who wants to sew, period, is just take it step by step. Mm -hmm. And so um, I was like, okay, I'm going to do this. And I bought fabric from Etsy at the time was where you could get a lot of sewing cloth diaper fabric. And I started sewing for Jay, Jalen, which is my son. And um, he was my first tester baby, of course. Mm -hmm. And when I started to post, and this was just like me doing something that I enjoy doing. I, when I went in, I saw the lack of representation. I saw that it could be a possibility of me getting into this lane, but I really truly fell in love with the process of like creating something unique for my child. And so um, I just created this album on my Facebook page, my personal Facebook page. And I, um, uh, made diapers and as I progressed I just posted the photos and people were like oh you're getting so good you're getting so good until I started getting requests for baby shower gifts and people uh -huh. were me to like actually make cloth diaper covers um for like photo shoots or like baby shower gifts um and so that is where I got my first start and I started to think hmm maybe this could be something yeah I mean that is how a lot of us start and what a great story of learning and kind of getting through that and now what you have 10 years and you're still sewing yeah <laughs> uh, have you had any more babies Deja or you just have the one no just the one just the one so he's what 10 now he's 11 11 he's 11 and you are still an incredibly passionate leader in this community what why is that I really think that when you find a space in which you can be yourself and you connect with people around you and you don't have to explain yourself or like feel judged or um, like the hippie or the strange person. Um, when you find home, um, which is what I found amongst my brand and my community is home. Like I DM my customers and we laugh and joke all day long. Um, <laughs> When you find that, it makes it easy to stay. And um, I think that, you know, I've had a fair share of ups and downs in the industry. And still, you know, even in those lows, it was the cloth diapering community and the, and the 
souls that I had met there and the people that I had connected with that like truly had my back and rode through those seasons with me. And so um, it makes it easy to show up. It makes it easy to advocate. It makes it easy to educate. It makes it a lot of fun and um, truly, truly a unique experience um, when you find home online. And yeah so that's that's why I continue to show up it's home um, I feel like you know of course I have my my uh, familial home and like California is where I've been born and I was raised here and I've, I'm here my adulthood and I'm raising a child here but online you know I've um, also been able to create home and family and so yeah well, let's talk about what you've learned about those lows, because you unfortunately had a little bit of an Internet scandal. I would yeah. say, I mean, you got kind of dragged through the mud. Um, it was a rough time in your life. I know we've talked about that. How did you um, how did you come out the other side of it? We don't see a lot of brands come out the other side when they kind of get taken down by an Internet group what what would be your advice to somebody who does maybe get into a situation where they get a lot of bad feedback on the internet and people are saying don't ever shop with your brand but you come out the other side and you're doing amazing things and i i'd love to kind of share a little bit about how how you've come to be deja in 2021 2022 um you know really the biggest the biggest lesson that I've learned in highs and lows because I've had a I've had a few seasons. I think the season in 2019 was the worst um, um, that I've dealt with being overwhelmed and having to basically stop myself, take accountability and figure out what I was gonna do moving forward. Um, I think the the biggest thing when you're building a business is trial and error. And um, I think that that is a lot of the times what people have seen as quote unquote scammy behavior. Um, I live in California. It's one of the most expensive states in the United States. And I'm, I'm looking to relocate. It's on my adulting list because it is astronomical at this point, but um, my cost of living is high. So that already puts a target in my back because they're like, oh, your prices. Oh, so it makes people weary off the bat. But then when you are releasing things that other people aren't and then you start to get a reputation for having these unique designs that everybody wants to get once to get their hands on but they can't get their hands on because they sell out so quickly you stop and you pull back like literally from October 2017 until October 2018 um, for a year straight I was selling out of diapers in less than two minutes and it's almost overwhelming like if I was to be a seamstress selling diapers I would be like I don't know what I'm gonna do with myself Right. It was it was insane. Only was I selling out, but I was selling out and then I was turning around and having to email people who had I had oversold and people are like, there's no way you're selling in two minutes. It happened on a large scale. And they're like, I want to keep my order. 
I've been trying for a year to buy from your shop. What can I do? And so I'm just like, I got you. I'll fulfill your order. That puts you in a bit of a situation. And the situation it puts you in is you have released a collection. You've sewn all these diapers. Your fabric is gone. You started to purchase for the next, because this is basically what I was doing. Started to already purchase for the next launch and now you have all of these customers who are adamant that they want their diaper and they they don't matter they don't care how long they have to wait they don't care what they have to do this is what they want Mm -hmm. and so it puts you in a mindset of like pleasing and um wanting to be accepted wanting to be celebrated wanting to keep this reputation of being this hard to acquire brand this popular brand and it kind of put me into a situation where when 2018 closed out I said I wanted to do something different and so I was like okay I don't know what to do so I'm going to consult a business coach and so that's what I did in the beginning it was 2019 I consulted a business coach um we she looked at my number she asked me what my issues where I also went and talked to Shopify and they told me, you know, Deja, you have the capacity to earn X amount of dollars. You have the capacity to be this bigger business. You just need more inventory. So in my mind, I'm like, okay, how do I set that up? So in essence, in 2019, I opened my business up to made to order diapers and it kind of took an edge off of custom because I wasn't customizing every little detail, which is more time intensive. It was, this is the set design. This is how many units I have. This is how long you have to purchase it, or this is a permanent design. And so when I launched that in a brand new pricing scale, which was controversial all in and of itself, because uh, people were literally, and this is going to be like, oh my gosh, she's lost her mind. To some people, $82 for an embroidered all-in-one. People were paying for it like it was a five dollar alpha baby diaper when i say when i opened my site the first day to the new scale and i literally made five figures in 45 minutes i didn't realize the gravity of how big my brand actually was and what my demand like and i mean like i I consider myself fairly well off as a family, but sometimes when I look at an $82 diaper, a hard time with that conversation, but I'm glad that somebody kind of put you a little bit in your spot, told you what you're worth. Right. People, people loved it. Um, And I had to have a situation where I cut off orders at a certain point so that I would stay on track. Mm -hmm. I hired. you're, You're a one woman machine. Hey one one machine and at that point when you're earning because I was doing weekly releases of new diapers so when you're earning a certain amount of money and a certain amount of orders are coming in hiring is imminent so I hired a online assistant and an in-person assistant and when I did that it shifted me very quickly into a leader role which is like (laughs) when you go from being a one woman shop to being like a a boss it's like Not me with my like, entire pile of how to lead books that I bought from the library <laughs> because I'm terrified of doing that 
So it's insane. And I just pushed through and I said, I'm going to make it work. And I did. I made it work in January and in February and in March and in April and in May and in June. And it was working. Diapers were going out the door. I literally one time didn't realize how, you know, you realize how many orders you have. And then when you take them on to the post office, you need several people to take them with you and you jam shut the thing. It's like, oh, this is serious. Like, this is huge. This is big. And Come on, Deja, you've been in the industry seven, eight years. You didn't realize that you were serious yet? Listen, I think that when you're a, when you are a brand and you are working in the industry and you're working and it's a passion project, you're just like, oh my gosh, I'm selling these diapers. You go viral a couple of times. You're just like, okay, people love me. But then it didn't register how much people supported and like read, like supported me and my brand. It didn't hit until it hit. And then once it hit, it was just like, whoa. And um, I started getting requests for like podcast interviews and like this and that and this and that. And it just picked up really, really fast. Is that why it took me so long to get a hold of you? (laughs) Yes. And so the thing, the thing for me was, you know, okay, let me pause because I realized I was like three or four weeks behind. It it hit me. I was like, okay, there's no way I'm getting that stack of diapers out. At the same time, this stack of diapers is supposed to be out. Let me pause. Let me pause production for all of July so I can get caught up. And, um, I kept my um, seamstress assistant on, um, went to hire another one, and the first one quit saying that it wasn't what she wanted to do. And when she quit and I tried to acquire another one, my virtual assistant, I brought her on full, full time so she could basically take over as much of the online side as she could so I could be offline and just sew. And I never hired another person. Before I knew it, money was dwindling. My own personal bills, business bills, everything was piling up because I wasn't consistently bringing in the money. Like when you're smaller on a scale and you're handmade, every single week of sales propels to the next Mm -hmm. week of sales. And so, you know, money wise, I had never dealt with that much money before ever in my life. I'm I'm talking about like, I was just, I, I cried from being so overwhelmed with how much support there was, but also I was scared. I was just like, whoa, 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 whoa. I've never seen this kind of money, this kind of growth. I even asked my mom and she's, you know, assistant principal. She makes a decent amount of money every year, but she was just like, I wouldn't even know what to tell you. And so literally, mentally, I collapsed. And there was nothing, there was nothing that anybody could have said or done at that point where I was that would have pulled me out of it. I literally just had to go through that situation. And so um, I'm going to cut you off in that last week I was at a women's conference and um, the leader of the Hasla nation, Crystal Smith spoke and she said a phrase which made me think about watching your journey. And it was that her role in her community and her leadership experience, she, her best advice is growing through what you go through and that 
you have to you have to go through a lot of things, but sometimes those are the things that are going to force you to grow um, right. and are really important. And that I was thinking I've watched Deja grow through so much of her journey uh, mm-hmm. to where she's at today. Yeah. So you've had that little, I mean, I guess 20, the end of 2019 kind of crumble and then a pandemic hit. So you kind of know what feels like it looks like we're coming up to a double whammy, Deja. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just, I'm, I'm seeing the future and it doesn't, it, I don't know. It, it, was, it was definitely a very dark time. It was dark, especially because, um, the home that I was living in, I was still, I was living with my mom, um, and the home that I was living in, the owner wanted to sell it because we were renting. And so on top of that, I ended up living a couple months in a hotel. So here I am in the midst of like living in a hotel, this, this pandemic of my business really. (laughs) (laughs) like everything was crumbling there was so much being said online and I like was fighting to charge my phone and so I didn't have time nor did I have the desire or the mental fortitude to like respond to any of it so I just left it alone I literally just walked away and focused on what my responsibilities were and that was answering to my customers and so that's what I did I literally sewed and I sewed and I sewed some more and I sent out refunds and I added names to a refund list and I sewed some more and I sent double and triple orders out because I had overlapped other orders and people got double and triple. I was like, just keep them. Like I literally had to dig myself out with bloody knuckles and a face full of like what had crumbled and fix it. And Mm -hmm. so I worked really, 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 really hard to do so. And, you know, in some circles and in some situations, some communities, um, it's irreparable. Nobody ever will come back together with me. They don't want to hear it. They don't want to talk about it. They're done. And so that also forced me into a deeper space of accountability because it's just like, you know, intentions are major, but impact can be so much more of a of a situation like my my intentions of course wasn't to scam on a large level my intentions were to serve on a large level to give people what they were asking for Mm -hmm. and that was more of what I had and what I offered as a brand and but my impact was ultimately chaos and then when people also um don't let up it just you know snowballs into something that you know you just can't you can only fix from your position and so that's what I aim to do and um also um at that time period I started to sleep a lot and I started to sleep three, four times a day. I had really, really hard times keeping my energy up. I was just like, okay, I'm depressed. Like, okay, it's fine. I'm just going to push through. Also, of course I'm depressed. Look at this situation. And so all these things against you, right? You're like, of course I'm going to be tired. Right. And so I just kept going. I was just like, okay, I'm fine. I'm fine. I'm fine. Until it got to the point where I could barely function. Um, Um, And at the point where I could barely function, I was sick 
all of the time in 2020. Um, and I had an extremely hard time doing anything. And if you look back at my social media feed in 2020, it's basically non-existent. Um, I posted in my stories to basically let people know I was still there. That was my way of saying I'm here and I want to be here, but I'm not here. Um, and so um, in September of 2020, I got I got sick. I got a fever, um, a really high fever, and I didn't know what was going on. And then um, I uh, developed an abscess. And um, uh, once I developed that abscess, it grew to a really, really scary thing. And I was just like, okay, well, I'm just going to go to the ER. I'm sure it's just from my depression. Like all this has to be depression related. Like it has to be because I messed up. And at this point I'm in a self-pity like bubble. Like, oh my gosh. Oh, Tisha. So my health, you know, of course is going to crumble. And, but when I went in, I, um, they ran a whole bunch of tests and my glucose levels were in the 400s, almost the 500s. My blood pressure was extremely high. I think it was like 167 over 107 or something really, really astronomical. And um, uh, and then they took an x-ray and literally saw that um, I was septic and um, that something was going on in my body. And it was that I literally was like headed towards diabetic ketosis. And so in September of last year, I had to go to emergency surgery. They uh, um, learned to take care of yourself all over again. Hey, right. (laughs) And, um, I had to have like wound care nurse and like uh-huh. do a diabetic clinic and check in. This is all during a pandemic. So it's just like, yeah, it, I'm doing virtual appointments, in-person appointments and my son is at home and it's just, it's just like so many things. And the cloth diaper community is mad at me, rightfully so, but I want to be back with the community because that's my home and like I know I'm like okay so why are you still here it's your home it's your home okay (laughs) and so um I'm glad to have you it's not a critique I'm (laughs) glad to have you here once I recovered though um I in about November of last year I decided um because I'm so angry and I think I was mad at myself I was mad at myself I was so mad at myself that I just was this angry person and this angry little urchin that I really did not recognize I just was like okay like people associate me with sunshine which is where my brand name came from Mm -hmm. and I'm tired of being this mad person like I have to get to the root of what is going on physically now I don't even have to take a nap if I don't want to I had to take not before then five times a day so physically I was well well on my way to being better and but I was just like mentally and emotionally I am a mess and so I went to therapy and um I think that therapy is a huge reason why I'm here um in 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 the industry um still and um you know my therapist just taught me some really big lessons like we make mistakes that's that's like the biggest one because she was just like you know your intention was to do something great like something that few people get to do 
and people are scared of doing and you still want to do it that's major (laughs) yeah I mean I think that's a lot of us forget Uh uh-huh yeah people's intentions a lot of people's intentions are good and it's actually an an interesting perspective that i've been recently taking on um some of the big groups out there like fluff love's intention is good it's it's i i hear that i hear the bad stories all the time but intent i I mean at the core their intention is good they want to support parents and get there so it's maybe a little bit I need to reevaluate my relationship with that. Um, yeah. And we can probably all go through that growth throughout the entire community of evaluating. I mean, some people do come in with the intent to scam, but I think that's a lot rarer than we right. assume it is. Right. Right. Um, it's we all come with good intentions and then sometimes life happens and life is not nice all the time. Right. Right. Yeah. And I think that she also told me that you know mindset is huge like Mm -hmm. I have in the past most definitely been in a fixed mindset in a scarcity mindset in a poverty mindset like I said I had never seen that kind of money before I used to think that every single person was my competition I used to like have this mindset that I had to lock down like (laughs) protect myself like people had my worst um like my worst interests at heart like I literally had to grow out of the mindset that like people didn't want to see me win and that I wasn't worthy of doing so and so like I think that taking on all of the work that I did in 2019 was a lack of patience I saw this huge opportunity to grow and like I saw people showing up and being excited about my brand and I I got excited and carried away because I thought, you know, if I don't jump on this, this opportunity is going to vanish because it's scarce. And that just isn't the truth. Um, And so I think that um, therapy truly has been the key to me taking a step back, slowing down, being more grateful, being accountable for my actions. I can't just go at full speed. And then when I fall apart physically or emotionally or mentally, you know, even though I have mental health challenges, chronic health issues, it's my responsibility still to be accountable to myself and to other people, you know, for what I put out there as brand. And so I just honestly told myself that I'm going to show up and I'm going to give it another go. Mm-hmm. And so that's what I've been doing every single month. My goal this year was to be consistent, mm-hmm. was to release ready to ship diapers that people loved, was to have no customer service issues. And I've only had two customer service issues that I've had to rectify. And those were <laughs> one was shipping and it had nothing to do with me. And the other yeah. one was function problem and I just sent her the whole lineup and was just like my bad okay so Um, you only have one like shipping let's not the shipping is not your fault you've only had one this is USPS and unfortunately you have to deal with it right like go girl go like that's awesome that was exciting because it's just like oh I have ready ship diapers so here take the whole line no problem like this was on me people Um, are always wanting my diaper I get I get DMs like every month. Like, are you ready to sell that yet? Are you ready to give it on? And I'm like, 
no but thank you for asking um <laughs> people people love your products they're so excited about it so tell me like i mean you've mentioned a few different styles of diapers but today in the shine shop at shine cloth you you're mm-hmm. only really selling the diaper cover correct in a right. one size and uh petite size is that part of this this new era of shine and kind of respecting some boundaries for yourself right um I love pocket diapers the function I hate mm-hmm. them I love all-in-one diapers and the function but in order to compensate for the time that a quality all-in-one takes people have to pay a lot of money and I personally just am like eh it's okay we can just I to work at home all in one once it was like 47 dollars canadian mm-hmm. oh, a lot of money um no wonder why manufacturers can't really do it like it's a lot of steps in the process it is yeah and so the i've always when i did the i don't know if you know this but i did the um cloth diaper flash challenge in 2011 or 12 11 i think so and um and I was sponsored by Swaddlebees. And was it Swaddlebees? Blueberry? Blueberry. Possibly. Yes, Swaddlebees. <laughs> and, um, and I made uh, covers for the challenge. And when I did that, I fell in love with covers and flats. And so that is kind of the thought process here at Shine. Um, I make a heavy, um, a heavy organic snap-in insert, which I never can keep in stock. People are obsessed with. Um, and I was like, I don't know if I've ever seen that on your website. It always fell out, no matter how many I make, which is a good thing. Um, <laughs> and also I released a trifold because people said they wanted something faster drying and mm-hmm. I'm getting the same feedback. They're obsessed with it. So um, that is the wave that I'm on because I feel like those those types of diapers take the least amount of time to produce and I can make um, a quality product um, in a smaller amount of time, which is key right now for me. Um, and yeah, so, you know, I also am... 11 years in I have bruises on my fingertips and calluses and I have seamstress nails which means like my nail polish is always chipped and my nails are always cracking from sewing and putting snaps on so I am excited to like walk away from the sewing machine so I am working on some things behind the scenes that I don't talk about um which I'm really really excited about um and I truly like feel like I'm here not only to sew a diaper, I really feel like I'm put here to motivate people to not give up and to keep trying that anybody can successfully accomplish a goal or a dream or mm-hmm. a um, aspiration. In this time that I've been in business, I've gotten my bachelor's degree. Um, I literally, yeah, yeah I, I, that was a long term goal. It took me nine years, but I did it. <laughs> and uh it took me like seven so like it's not easy <laughs> it's not- i mean and that's like one of those things that when a lot of us start a business is um i really teach us how to do that ever Mm-mm. and so you gotta figure that out and then you yeah. figure out how to sell and you also gotta figure out marketing and customer right. service and right. do all the other things that you also want to do in your life and right mm-hmm. and that's what i'm excited about i'm excited to like 
step from behind the sewing machine and like teach people how to do it themselves and like also teach people that like you know mindset is everything Mm -hmm. and that you know we don't you there's no scarcity of resources no matter who tries to paint a picture a certain way you can have everything that you want in this life and so I told my son every single year from the time that he was um like three or four that by the time he graduated from the fifth grade we would have a house and we would have a dog and I said it every single year I didn't know how I was going to do it I didn't know what it was going to take but it happened. And, um, I literally went from like living in a roach infested apartment to like having a house. I rent it. It's not mine, but that, that, could, be a, that could be a possibility. Yeah. I mean, it's unfortunate you live in Los Angeles, like not necessarily the best place for house ownership. <laughs> I'm, that's something I'm working on though, because you know, that's a whole nother conversation living in California. Uh, yes. What was I, I, yesterday I was talking to Maddie at permanent diaper relief. I, I called her out to chat about a project that I'm working on. And she was like, you know what my goal is, Bailey? My goal is to be replaceable. And I was like, what? what are you talking about, Batty? I don't want to be replaceable. And she was like, yeah, I want the organization that I'm working with, the people around me to be so amazing that if I was to get hit by a bus tomorrow, we would thrive. I want to instill leaders and creators and everybody that we can still keep going if I don't exist. Uh, And I've been thinking about that since. And I think some of what you were talking about too, like are you, you almost want to be replaceable. You want other people in your industry to be doing what you're doing because there is no scarcity scarcity we can all Mm -hmm. do this right we can all be podcasters or seamstresses Mm -hmm. Uh, and sometimes that sharing and that connecting is uh and empowerment of others is ultimately the end goal right um right sometimes a little hard to think about it i am so excited to hear that you have big plans coming and watch you i think i um i got caught up in that 2019 era and seeing people talk about you on the internet and and then but i was also in a growth mindset at that time and learning to kind of challenge what I was hearing and what I'm being told and to watch you over the last two years, Deja, three years has been an incredible honor from afar. Mm -hmm. You have done big, amazing, beautiful things in our industry. uh, And I think an incredible uh, black woman for others to look up to. Um, We are seeing such that growth in that black cloth diaper industry. And I, I, you're probably one of those reasons for that. Um, Can you speak to your experiences? I imagine a lot of what just happened was probably impacted like double whammy because you are a woman of color. Hey, yeah. Uh, Are you seeing a better experience? Has things changed? Um, Are there things that maybe you would love to see happen this year more? Yeah. um, You know, it's hard. Um, I always say to the people closest to me, um, it's hard to be a black woman in the cloth diaper industry and the cloth diaper community and not be accepted by the black cloth diaper community. Mm. And so sometimes I feel like an outsider or a competitor versus a community member. Mm. And that's hard because, you know, I think, do you think that's your perception though? Or do you think that's your reality? 
I think maybe it's a little bit of both. I think because people, sometimes I don't feel like I'm involved or included in the blogging community that nobody wants to be my friend, but that's a perception. It's <laughs> not the reality. <laughs> I think what I really think is um, in the blog community and just as a whole, especially in business, we tend to, you know, want to disassociate or create space with other business owners that are going through a hard time because we don't want to be dragged down by their hard time. And so I think uh, it's half and half. I think probably there's a lot more people who are rooting for me than I realize. I think there's a lot more people who are kind of weary of my situation because they don't really know it. Mm -hmm. Um, And I also think that there's some people who just don't want anything to do with it because they want to have a certain perception in the industry of being apart from me and so Mm -hmm. I think that it's a combination but I'm not closed off to like that changing and I really it's probably one of those things that like if you're willing to come to the conversation with the growth mindset I'm willing to come to the conversation with the growth mindset right and we can do this together Mm -hmm. or we can not and it's fine right And, you know, I always, I always, no matter what the history has been, especially around this time of year, because it is closer to like the Black Friday, Cyber Monday weekend, um, I always tend to share, which I still will do this year, um, all the Black cloth diapering brands that I'm knowledgeable of, and then ask people to tag anybody that I've missed, because there are a couple new ones that um, I've gotten wind of. Um, Yeah, I have a conversation with... um... Candace Owen of uh-huh. Twisted Tushy. Twisted. Yeah, something around. Yeah. <laughs> it's new. It's new. And I haven't, not super familiar yet. Yes. Yeah. There's new women coming up every day. Um, every- yes. Yeah. And so, uh, yeah, I most definitely am excited about like the newer, the newer brands, but I most definitely will be sharing. Um, I most definitely will be tagging them in my story. And I usually make a post around this year to, you know, um, shop um, black owned or person of color owned. Um, and so that post most definitely will be coming for me as usual. I'll make sure to find it and share it. Yeah, but I just, I most definitely want to see in 2022 a strong, united front. You don't have to be like the best of friends if this is not on the table, but most definitely like a strong support system of, hey, there's this Black-owned brand that does this very, very well. Go check them out. And like Mm -hmm. having that rapport with each other and like coming together as a Black cloth diapering community and like truly educating our community because there's a lot of work to be done. It's huge. It's huge. And so, you know, I have no problem like standing out as a leader in the industry, but I most definitely value a community. And so I want to make sure that that's something that happens. And so I'm going to do everything in my power to make sure it does. How about we wrap this up? Where can people find you, Deja? We've been chatting for such a long time. (laughs) If people want to go find your diapers, you do have diapers in stock right now. You're kind of holding a good little in stock. So it's not... Super fast fingers, but where can we find you on the internet, online, to shop? Yeah, so um, my website is shinecloth.com and Mm -hmm. I'm 
on TikTok under Shine Cloth, um, Instagram, the.shine.cloth, and Facebook under Shine Cloth. And um, I mean, I- Shine Cloth is a pretty generic term. I tried Googling it, and sometimes you don't always show up because it's like, <laughs> I want to show off all these other sunshiny things. You're like, no, oh, no. I want Shine Cloth. <laughs> and definitely, you probably, if you ever Google, you'll have to write Shine Cloth Diaper or yes. Shine Cloth Black Lives Matter Diaper. And then that typically is when you'll find like okay. Shine uh, and um yeah so um I really appreciate you having me and oh. it's a to share my story I don't think I've ever shared what has gone on so I oh, pre- I mean yeah I wasn't actually expecting you to share it all I was mostly curious about how you've come out the other end but thank you for sharing it Deja